Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Sad news out of the world of professional wrestling. Former superstar Joan China Laura, nicknamed the ninth wonder of the world, was found dead in her California apartment last night. China's astonishing debut in 1997 marked a new era in professional wrestling. China is the greatest female star the WWE has ever had. In many cases, she was stronger than the men she was wrestling. In wrestling history, I put her number one. When WWE fell out of love with China, her life spiraled. Her demons started kicking in. Drinking all the time, using crystal meth. She had become a train wreck, and she knew it. In 2015, it looked like China had turned a corner. She was happy and looking forward to the future. But then... China was found dead at her home. Officials are investigating this as a possible overdose. China was reported to be living a healthy lifestyle and successfully reestablishing her celebrity career. She appeared to have everything to live for. But had she really conquered her demons? Was China's fatal overdose at just 46 an accident or suicide? World-renowned medical examiner and forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed around 5,000 autopsies, collaborating closely with law enforcement and other forensic specialists. His pivotal role in investigating suspicious cases has revealed the truth behind unexplained deaths for over 20 years. I have here the autopsy and investigative reports for the death of Joan Marie Lahr, a.k.a. China. Together with medical information and accounts from those who knew her, I aim to establish which drug or drugs were involved in China's fatal overdose. And to what extent, if any, her life as a professional wrestler was a factor in her death. I'll also be examining her mental health in the last weeks of her life. My question is, was China's overdose intentional? Four p.m. June 9th, 2015, New York City. China, China! News has spread in the wrestling world that China is back in the U.S. after a four-year exile in Japan, away from the media spotlight. China's plan is to reboot her career as a celebrity ex-wrestler and has enlisted her old manager, Anthony Anzaldo, to raise her profile. Anthony Anzaldo, manager. When China came back after Japan... The reaction of the people was still unbelievable. She loved her fans. Joy Bendoy, friend. She appreciated them. She she was a fan of them. The big picture was, we're going to do a documentary, we're going to get an agent, we're going to put you in ensemble television reality-based shows, and she was excited about the opportunities. But China will be dead within a year. China! China. The death certificate states that China had been a professional wrestler for 20 years. But on first glance at her autopsy report, China's body appears unremarkable. She's described as well-built, 
normally muscular, reasonably well-nourished, and at almost six foot tall and 152 pounds, she's in good shape for her age. But nothing unusual. There's little to suggest her superhuman reputation as the ninth wonder of the world. Joan Marie Laurer was born in December 1969 in Rochester, New York, the youngest of three children for Jan and Joseph. Jason King, journalist. Her parents uh, were not very well off financially. Uh, they depended on welfare checks to get their meals. At times, neighbors even gave the kids money for clothes because they felt sorry for them. But the family's troubles ran deeper than just money. Her birth father had alcohol issues and gambling issues and fidelity issues. He would come home drunk, and, and China would witness physical abuse. When China was four, her father left the family home. But her life didn't get much easier. Over the next decade, China had to endure her mother's fiery temperament and three disinterested stepfathers. Mary Carey, friend. I don't think she had a very happy childhood. She was not a happy little girl. China found a refuge from her home life in the local gym. Bodybuilding was an outlet for her, made her feel good about herself, and gave her confidence. After leaving college, Joan struggled to fit into the mainstream. She was kind of a drifter. She worked as a cocktail waitress at a gentleman's club. She did singing telegrams. She sold beepers and cars. But when Joan saw her first professional wrestling match in 1994, she found her niche. After being named Rookie of the Year by the Professional Girls Wrestling Association in 1996, Joni joined WWF, known later as WWE, the most powerful organization in wrestling. Her first role was as a bodyguard to the big names, including the crowd's favorite, Triple H. Joni stole the show. And WWF had a revolutionary idea. Joni Laura would take on the guys head to head. She bench pressed 365 pounds. She squatted 500 pounds. She was almost six foot tall. In many cases, she was stronger than the men she was wrestling. WWF gave their Amazonian star a new name, China. An ironic reference to the dainty China dolls made from fragile porcelain. China was something that the wrestling world had never seen before and something that people really gawked at. China went on to become one of pro wrestling's biggest ever attractions. According to reports, at her peak, China was the physical equal of any of her male opponents. But in her autopsy report, I see that China has breast implants and scarring behind her ears, consistent with cosmetic surgery. Was she trying to reclaim her femininity? The ninth wonder of the world! China's early career was documented in Beyond the Mat, where she shared her experiences as a woman in WWF. To me, I'm just as feminine as any other woman, maybe even more so. I just happen to be a very feminine woman with an incredibly fit, muscular body. China was cast as the villain in the wrestling storylines. And the fans loved to hate her. But the jibes sometimes went too far. I know one time she was very upset and called me and said that someone had drew a penis on the door of her apartment. 
I'm sure there were people who were like, oh, you're a man, or oh, you have a penis. It hurt her when people made fun of her. She took people's words to heart. Even her own mother weighed in with criticism. My mother was all buttons and bows, and when I started lifting weights, she thought I was a lesbian. In 1998, at the age of 27, China embarked on the first of many cosmetic procedures. She had her jaw broken and chiseled down to give her a more feminine appearance. She had breast implants, she had a nose job. I think China never really saw how beautiful that she really, truly was. Take it out! She was very insecure. The accounts show that behind China's tough facade, she had self-esteem issues and was prepared to go to extremes to deal with her anxieties. So I'm not surprised to see in the investigative report that China had a prescription for the anti-anxiety drug diazepam, known as Valium, alongside a supply of Ambien used to treat insomnia. She would get high anxiety, and the Valium would help. So she would take Valium during the day, Ambien at night, and that was her life for decades. China's feelings of anxiety go back way before she began wrestling. She, she, was deal, she had issues. She was dealing with a lot of other pain from her childhood. In China's 2001 autobiography, she describes the confusion she felt as a 10-year-old when a schoolteacher kissed her. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. He's made this little girl feel somehow like she's done something wrong. And I think for China, the question isn't why did that person abuse me? It's what have I done to make that person abuse me. So we see the anxiety starting, and this is very common with children that experience abuse. Both Valium and Ambien interfere with the functioning of neurotransmitters in the brain and are classified as hypnotics, meaning that they can affect perception and cause confusion. They can also be addictive and deadly if used incorrectly. So could Valium or Ambien be involved in China's overdose. Looking at the toxicology report, China does test positive for both Valium and Ambien, but they are present only within normal therapeutic levels, so unlikely to be fatal, at least by themselves. Nevertheless, it's clear that around the time of her death, China felt she needed to manage her mood. Does this suggest she was suicidal? Police in California are investigating the death of the former professional wrestling star known as China. On April 20th, 2016, China was found dead from an overdose. Fifteen years earlier, she had been the undisputed queen of professional wrestling, earning a reported million dollars a year. But on her death, she was living out of a suitcase in a tiny rented apartment. Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter has investigated thousands of suspicious deaths across the United States and beyond. Now he's taking a fresh look at China's death from an overdose. So far, I've discovered that China's childhood was blighted by violence and abuse, and her self-esteem was constantly undermined in the feverish world of professional wrestling. By the time she was in her 20s, China relied on prescription medication to control her anxiety and sleeping problems understand her death, I need to build a detailed picture of the last few months of her life. 
10 a.m., June 11, 2015. WWE headquarters, Stamford, Connecticut. Three days after returning from Japan, China pays a surprise visit to her former employer. As part of her plan to rejuvenate her celebrity career, China wants to engineer a reconciliation with WWE, previously known as WWF. Her split from the organization in 2001 had been acrimonious, and China has been bad-mouthing them ever since. We went into the lobby. The woman behind the desk immediately, I thought she saw a ghost. China asks to see the head of WWE, Vince McMahon, a man she's previously called out as a bully. We can't let you see Vince. Immediately, some security guards got involved. They never got past the front desk. This was WWE headquarters, where she was once a legend and now she's being thrown out. Really, really hurt her. China's confrontational style seems to have sabotaged her attempt at reconciliation with WWE. China's determination to rebuild her celebrity career speaks volumes about her resourcefulness. But her relentless focus on her former employer, the WWE, requires more investigation. By the year 2000, China was wrestling's prima ballerina. Fans called her the ninth wonder of the world. Eighth place was already taken by another wrestler. When China was at her peak in the WWE, she was so happy and so uh, excited to have found not just her calling, but also a family. Soon after joining WWE, China started dating Triple H, wrestling's alpha male, and they moved in together. But the relationship would be China's undoing. Triple H, behind China's back, began a romantic relationship with Stephanie McMahon, who was the daughter of Vince McMahon, who owns the WWE. China and Stephanie continued to fight each other in the ring, but it was a storyline that China's wrestling career couldn't survive. Her fiancé was now having a relationship with the boss's daughter. So that is a bad combination to keep a job. So they let her go. In 2001, China's contract with WWE was not renewed. I think for China losing the WWE, it wasn't just losing her career. It was losing the man she loved. China was extremely bitter and hurt by the WWE. China spent four years performing for the WWE, and all the wrestlers blur the line between entertainment and competition, they put huge physical demands on their bodies. I'm curious if there is any direct connection between China's death and her life as a professional wrestler. And I see that during her autopsy, the medical examiner identified nephrosclerosis in both of China's kidneys. This is a hardening of the small blood vessels in the kidneys and gives them a characteristic granular appearance. There are several possible causes for this condition, but given China's history in wrestling, what intrigues me is that nephrosclerosis can be a consequence of anabolic steroid abuse. 
It's no secret that many wrestlers use steroids to build muscle and increase strength. These drugs mimic the effects of the male hormone testosterone, and there are side effects. The user's voice can deepen and aggression can increase. But steroids have also been linked with depression and suicide. So if China was using steroids, it could be a factor in her death. And there is some anecdotal evidence that China did use steroids. The way it was described to me was that she dabbled in steroids toward the end of her career with WWE. You know, her physique and her appearance were one of the main reasons that she had achieved such fame and popularity. And there was a lot of pressure to keep that build up and to enhance it. China herself always rejected accusations that she used steroids. China had a defense mechanism. She is in complete denial that she ever used steroids. But there are those that do say that that happened with her. Even if China quit using steroids when she left the WWE, the long-term effects could be profound. There is evidence that the brain's neural pathways can be permanently changed. And anabolic steroid abuse has been associated with psychiatric disorders and an increased use of intoxicants. After her split with WWE, China threw herself into the L.A. party scene. The first time I met China, she was kind of loud in a happy, boisterous way. And she was tons of fun. China's post-mortem blood tests were positive for ethanol, suggesting she'd been drinking around the time she overdosed. In my experience, that isn't uncommon. Alcohol depresses neural activity, allowing the emotional brain to dominate behavior. Consequently, individuals can become uninhibited and irrational. Given China's history of anxiety, I suspect that her use of alcohol began as a form of self-medication. From the accounts, it appears China only really began drinking after she split from WWE. We just started going out at night, <laughs> drinking. We both love to drink the same way. It's going to be 20 drinks. It's not going to be three drinks. But there was an even darker side to China's new hedonistic lifestyle. You pretty much would have put any drug in front of her. If she was drunk enough, she was going to do it. Former superstar Joan China Lohrer was found dead in her California apartment last night. China's death in April 2016 grabbed headlines around the world. Even though she had been shunned by the WWE, wrestling's premier franchise, for 15 years. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has investigated thousands of unexplained deaths in collaboration with law enforcement agencies across the United States. Now he's piecing together the truth about the overdose that killed China. So far, I've learned that China's troubled childhood led to a reliance on anti-anxiety medications and sleeping pills. Her career in wrestling probably involved steroids, and her life after wrestling was dominated by alcohol and a party lifestyle that threatened to overwhelm her. In 2001, denied her wrestling career. China made plans to exploit her celebrity in whatever way she could. She was very hot at the time, coming off of her WWE reign. When Playboy magazine offered her a photo session, she didn't hesitate. She was on the cover of Playboy. 
And not only was she on the cover, it ended up being one of the highest selling issues of all time. More than Marilyn Monroe, more than Pamela Anderson, more than anyone on the cover, it was China. But behind the glamour, China kept a secret. I'm trying to identify the drug or drugs that were involved in China's overdose. According to the accounts, in the period around her Playboy shoot, China started using methamphetamine, a powerful stimulant. Meth's easy availability on the street has added to his reputation as a particularly destructive drug of abuse. Anthony Anzaldo first met China around this time. China was a partier. When I met her, she was enamored with methamphetamines. She would either drink it or snort it. She would get high and, and stay up for two straight days. When someone ingests methamphetamine, it results in a massive release of the neurotransmitters norepinephrine and dopamine, leading to feelings of euphoria and invulnerability. On the downside, users can expect to feel paranoid and aggressive. Methamphetamine can also be lethal, mainly due to its cardiotoxicity. Even modest amounts of methamphetamine can cause arrhythmias and death. In March 2003, China's friends became so worried by her meth habit that they alerted her sister Kathy. She went to China's home in Marina del Rey. China locked herself in the bathroom, snorting crystal meth. Kathy pleaded with her sister to seek help for her addiction. She convinced China to go with her to this rehab facility in Utah. They got on a plane that night. But as they were checking in, China became agitated. All of a sudden, China decided she didn't want to be there. Kathy said it was like the devil had invaded my sister's body. Two sisters never talked again. The accounts reveal that at every juncture where China could have gotten help, she turned the other way. In many ways, for China, it's inevitable that she'll reach a crisis point. In January 2005, China was arrested for attacking her 200-pound boyfriend, wrestler Xpac. She actually broke his nose in a fight, and, and he had to call the police. She had officially become a train wreck, and she knew it. Because China died from a suspected overdose, the medical examiner tested for a wide range of legal drugs, including meth. However, there was no trace of the drug, so meth did not kill her. But I can see in the accounts that it did change the course of her life. By 2012, China decided she needed to make a radical change in her lifestyle. She felt like if she didn't leave the state, she would die. So she left the USA for Japan. She wanted to go somewhere where no one would know who she was. <laughs> no one's gonna know me in Japan. <laughs> Nothing in Japan. Yeah, I want to try and move here. China had contacts in Japan from her wrestling days. And figured she could pick up work teaching English. Learn English with me. 
When she first got to Japan, she was so happy to be there. It was another fabulous last day. I love my students. They're so much fun. I think she was looking for a normal life. I've seen that China struggled with addiction through her 30s. However, her toxicology report shows that she was not abusing street drugs like methamphetamine at the time of her fatal overdose. That tallies with China's story that she quit her party lifestyle when she moved to Japan in 2012. Nevertheless, something clearly went wrong in China's recovery when she returned to the United States in 2015. September 17, 2015, the Nevada desert. China has seven months to live. China and her manager, Anthony Anzaldo, are halfway through a promotional trip across the states aimed at relaunching China's career as a celebrity. When she got back to the states after Japan, I was convinced that she had beaten her crazy drug demons. After 24 days on the road, Las Vegas is their next stop. <laughs> And now China's surrounded by the glitz, the lights, Vegas. And oh boy, did the phoenix awaken. She fell off the wagon. China spent the night partying with the camera crew, who reported that they shared alcohol and prescription pills with China. Once I realized, oh my gosh, She's still as dysfunctional as ever. I just felt sad. Going to Japan was a really good idea. But when she comes back to America, all of those triggers for the self-destructive behavior, well, they're back in place. When China would feel the anxiety got the best of her, she would over-medicate. Little alcohol, the Ambien, the Valium, God knows what else. There you go. The accounts are clear that China was misusing drugs and alcohol again in the months before her death. And that is borne out by the investigative reports from the scene, which describes paraphernalia typically used for smoking and snorting drugs, including two pipes and a cannabis grinder. But I'm no closer to understanding the chain of circumstances that led to her overdose. Was it a drunken mistake? or was something going on that made her snap? March 26, 2016, Sheraton Hotel, Charlotte, North Carolina. China has three weeks to live. She's flown in for an autograph session with fans. China would make twenty to thirty thousand dollars per signing. Fans pay anywhere from twenty bucks for an autograph to fifty bucks for a picture. But making a few dollars is not the only reason China has come to Charlotte. Her manager, Anthony, has arranged a reunion between China and her mother, who she has not seen since she left home 30 years earlier after a family spat. China's relationship with her mother ended the day that China was kicked out of her house for smoking marijuana. She cut her mother out of her life when she was 15 years old. Anthony expects to film the reunion for their documentary about China's return to the spotlight. One of the biggest missions of the documentary was to find a way for China to reunite with her mother and just to address her whole childhood. 
China's mother is due to fly in tomorrow. But the prospect unleashes childhood demons. China got inebriated because of the anxiety of seeing her mother for the first time in 30 years. She emailed her mother some gibberish. China said some pretty nasty things to her mother. Frightened by her daughter's emails, China's mother calls Anthony and cancels the reunion. With his carefully laid plans now ruined, Anthony loses his cool. Your mother's not coming. What have you done? But it's the final straw for China. She literally picked me up, told me I was fired. Those were the last words we spoke. Now she was kind of out on her own. And things spiraled out of control really, really fast. An autopsy not only reveals how a person died, but how they lived. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. If you like what you're hearing, check out more dark mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are shocking real life and death stories in world's most evil killers, like the quiet neighbor nicknamed the Scorpion after he bludgeoned nine women to death with a hammer. And Rodney Alcala, the serial murderer best known as the dating game killer. Then check out the latest episodes of Autopsy that reveal what really killed screen and music legends like Walt Disney, Tom Petty, David Cassidy, and Batman's Adam West. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. In the late 90s, China was the iconic leading lady of professional wrestling. But after her split from WWE in 2001, her life spiraled into drug and alcohol addiction. And she fled to Japan to conquer her demons. Since returning from Tokyo in 2015, China was on a mission to reboot her celebrity career, meeting fans and making a documentary about her life. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is piecing together an explanation for her death. Was it an accident or suicide? I'm hoping that the accounts of China's last few hours will shed more light on why she died and what drugs were involved in her overdose. 8.30 a.m., April 17, 2016. China's apartment, Redondo Beach. She has less than a day to live. Morning, everyone. It looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day out there. China posts a video for her fans as she prepares breakfast. How lucky am I? She just looked that out the waves and she goes, wow, how lucky am I? What a great day. And China's recently fired manager also sees the posting. Five-second rule. That's if I am an epo. And you can see that she's so inebriated. Immediately, I thought, oh boy, because I know that China is a binger. Anyway, love y'all. I hope you have a beautiful day. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Later that day, China's friend Joy comes to check on her. She's noticed that China's comeback is taking a toll. I did notice a change. She was tired. She was very, very tired. 
this whole going back in time, doing this documentary, is opening up old scars, I think, old wounds. China meets more friends in the afternoon. I believe some drinking took place that day. They left, I think, five or six o'clock in the afternoon, and she probably kept drinking. That evening, I had texted her, and usually I could see when she read my text, and she didn't read the text. I said, "I'll just call her tomorrow." The phone went straight to voicemail. Nobody hears from China for the next three days. 3:30 p.m., April 20th, 2016. China's uncharacteristic silence on social media raises the alarm, and friends call estranged manager Anthony Anzaldo. China. I remember thinking to myself,、China. she lost her phone, and she's out of commission. And nobody can get a hold of her. China. I walked in the room. China. And I found her laying there, lifeless. Oh God. Overnight, pro wrestling legend who performed under the stage name China was found dead at her home. When I heard about her death, I was very devastated. I just remember thinking. How crazy it was! She passed, and when I got those words, it my world had crumbled. I thought to myself, did she actually intend on taking her own life? Using China's autopsy and the medical examiner's investigation as my guide, I aim to understand why China died. Her friends were unsure if this overdose was intentional. So, did China take her own life? The medical examiner notes numerous scars on her arms and legs. The locations of these scars have nothing to do with any of China's cosmetic procedures. They suggest a history of self-harm, and that makes me suspect suicide. Well, China's back. China discussed her scars on radio show Opie with Jim Norton during her first interview after returning from Japan in 2015. I wanted to ask you: Do you have cuts on your arms? Was that from the wrestling days, or was that like from you being depressed? They were suicide attempts. Okay. Yeah, I used a kitchen butcher knife. The accounts of her friends reveal that China made several suicide attempts, most recently in Japan, the place she had claimed was her sanctuary. Unfortunately for China, things in Japan didn't get better at all.、Uh, they actually got worse. I started noticing a weird deterioration in China while she was in Japan. She got lonely, depressed, and I think her demons started kicking in. Reports suggest China's teaching career fell apart as her mental state crashed. Within just a few weeks of her being there, there was a suicide attempt. China had a breakdown in Japan. She tried killing herself by cutting. I mean, she cut, 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 cut. In total, 
China attempted suicide at least four times since she left WWE in 2001. China was a high risk for suicide, and there's more evidence at the scene. The medical examiner describes an empty bottle of Percocet close to China's body. This oxycodone-based painkiller is prescribed for serious pain, but is also commonly abused for its euphoric effects. Crucially, oxycodone's effects on the heart and respiratory system can be deadly if misused. But I don't have to look far to explain why China began using the drug. The medical examiner identified osteophytes on China's spine. Commonly known as bone spurs, these abnormal growths are the body's reaction to wear and tear and are usually associated with arthritis in elderly people. But high-impact sports like wrestling can accelerate skeletal deterioration and ultimately lead to the development of osteophytes. Bone spurs are not malignant, but they can be very painful if they impinge on nerves. China had a lot of aches and pains. I mean, her hip, her neck, her back. Her using some form of Oxycontin or other painkillers is not surprising to me. She didn't openly admit to that. So could China have emptied the bottle of painkillers in a suicide bid? China tests positive for oxycodone, but on closer examination, the toxicology reveals a more complex picture. The levels in her blood are within therapeutic range, as are the levels of her other prescription meds. This is significant because if China wanted to kill herself, it's very unlikely she would stick to therapeutic doses. And yet, there were plenty of her anti-anxiety meds left at the scene. Taken together, the evidence suggests this was not an intentional overdose. The fact is that it is possible to accidentally overdose on drugs that are within therapeutic range simply by combining them inappropriately. I don't think she was suicidal, just very reckless. I don't think she actually wanted to die. If I had to guess what was really in her mind at that time, if it turns out that I don't wake up, well, then so be it. I don't wake up. I don't believe that China's death was suicide. But why was China so emotionally disturbed in the final weeks of her life? 17 days before she died, China fired her manager, Anthony Anzaldo, after an argument over a planned reunion with her mother. But perhaps what really tipped China over the edge was her ongoing feud with the WWE and her obsession with being recognized in their prestigious Hall of Fame. You know, when China came back to the U.S., one of China's main goals was to one day be in the WWE Hall of Fame, and it kind of became her mission to get there. The 2016 Hall of Fame induction ceremony was about to take place in Dallas, but once again, China had not been invited to attend the event. She had not made the Hall of Fame again. That really sent her spiraling even worse. I'm getting close to a complete understanding of what led to China's fatal overdose. But one mystery remains and could throw new light on China's disturbing decline. I see that before China's body was released for cremation, her brain was removed for further tests. 
I need to know where her brain went and what it reveals about the life and death of China. We wanted to find out what was really making China tick. China's death at the age of 46 caused soul-searching in the world of pro wrestling. And some began to wonder if China's years in the ring had led to traumatic head injury. I've discovered that China's brain was sent to be tested for CTE. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a degenerative brain disease found in athletes, military veterans, and others with a history of repetitive brain trauma. The condition is not related to abnormal intracranial pressure or bleeding, but changes in brain tissue over time. The exact process is still unknown, but in CTE, a protein called tau forms clumps that slowly spread throughout the brain, killing brain cells. Crucially, CTE can lead to behavioral changes such as impulsive behavior, impaired judgment, and lack of self-control. And there is growing evidence that CTE can leave its victims more susceptible to addiction. So China's reckless overdose could have a physical explanation. You know she's had concussions. It's very possible that her head injuries in the ring were relevant to her actions later on in life. It's conceivable that the same violent impacts that provoked China's bone spurs also had a devastating effect on her brain. But we'll never know if CT was involved in China's death because after three days in her apartment, her brain was too decomposed to test. I've discovered that China had a combination of prescription drugs in her system at the time of her death, but her autopsy has one more secret to reveal. I've seen that China was drinking on the day she died. Toxicology tests show the level of ethanol in her blood was 0.232 gram percent, a very high level. China would have been very drunk, perhaps to the point of incoherence. For me, this is the smoking gun in China's death because alcohol depresses the nervous system from cognitive function to the most basic functions like breathing. After carefully considering all the evidence, I now know how China overdosed. Since realizing induction into the Hall of Fame was an impossible dream, China's mental state spiraled. China is a binger. She would drink for three days, nonstop, while always taking her medication. The toxicology results show a buildup of oxycodone in China's bile to the level of 3,500 nanograms per milliliter. Although this drug is effectively eliminated from the blood within a day, it lingers in the bile much longer. And China's results suggest she'd been using the painkiller for at least the last few days. After an afternoon drinking with friends, sometime that evening, China took Valium and sleeping pills. Benzodiazepines like Valium should be taken with extreme caution when combined with other hypnotics like Ambien. The interaction between them amplifies such side effects as confusion. China finishes off her prescription of Percocet. Judging by the levels in her blood, there are probably just a couple of pills left. 
The effect of the oxycodone is to flood her brain with dopamine, resulting in calm euphoria, relaxing muscles, including her diaphragm. Oxycodone is the final ingredient in a deadly cocktail. The high level of alcohol in her blood has already compromised China's nervous system. With these other drugs now in play, China's breathing slows further. Fluid builds up in her lungs. Eventually, China stops breathing. I believe the combination of prescription medication with excessive alcohol killed China, and I therefore believe her death was an accident and not suicide. China was a paradox. On one hand, she recognized and reveled in her unusual gifts, but she was also traumatized by life events that she was unable to overcome. In the end, it was China's reliance on easily available prescription drugs and alcohol that cut short her plan to reinvent herself and become the woman of her dreams. China is one of the most beautiful, kindest people inside and out. I've ever met in my entire life, and probably one of the most misunderstood people I've ever met. As far as being remembered in wrestling history, I put her number one. Number one. I know that's crazy, but nobody did what she did. Nobody did what China did. The day after China died, WWE posted on social media, "We are saddened to learn of the passing." Of Joni China Laura, but there was no mention of her posthumous induction into the Hall of Fame. She needs to be remembered as the beautiful and amazing, trailblazing, badass woman she was. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com. That's r e e l z dot com for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels dot com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.